1: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary.
0: Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. I'm Eric Lopez. No Trace Troco. He is in his traditional bull prep preparation which means leaving the state but have no fear we got a fill-in ladies and gentlemen look who it is it's Brian W.P. my good friend the CM Punk of the Sons of UCF Network but what's going one on might
1: say one might say that it's that time again Elo I'll do it my is- best to fill in for Trace It is that time again, which means it's that time. It's
0: bowl game. We're going to talk all about the UCF bowl game signing day. Is it still relevant? And much more coming up on this show with Brian W. Peterson, a fellow Dolphin fan or still with us. He's not a Dolphin fan. In fact, he's a Cowboy fan. So we're technically against each other this week, but uh, none other than Adam Eaton joining us here.
2: Pleasure to be back. I'm glad to see Trace is taking advantage of this liberal Sons of UCF PTO time. I'm really glad he's enjoying uh, his holiday time this this year. But I can't wait to see you two combatants mix it up and uh, have some fun tonight on a holiday edition of Around the Kingdom.
0: Holiday edition. Let's get going on it. Uh, Brian, let's start. Wednesday is National Signing Day. UCF will have its greatest recruiting class ever, depending on where you look for your rankings, UCF's anywhere between the 25 to 35 range. The question, though, it's 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 very down low, all the focus on the transfer portal and things
1: like that, is, is, is this signing class as important as it used to be? I don't know that you can argue that it's as important as it used to be with the portal and NIL, you know, coming into the fold as they have in these last few seasons. Uh, we've seen the players come and go at their at their leisure, or at their will nowadays. So it's uh, it's probably not as important as it used to be, but I still think that it is the foundation of our program, right? Gus is going to go out and he's going to find the best players and, and bring in the best class, which he has done year after year since he uh, took the head coaching job at UCF. Um, It is important. I don't know that it's as important as it once was, though. I I
0: think I do think it's still very important, and I still think it's very critical because as we've found out, and we're going to get to it as this learn and learn more and more, the transfer portal is about dollars and cents, literally, and UCF doesn't have that right now, so their best opportunity is to hit it in this recruiting in the high school level, bringing in the young talent. I think, Brian, this recruiting class is actually one of the most important in program history because this is the, this is the class that I think will set the tone for
1: whether you, how successful UCF will be in the big 12 in the years to come. Not only is it important, Elo, it's important for Guth and the staff to be able to retain those players that they do bring in and sign, right? So going back to that NIL perspective in the portal, they have to be able to keep players on the roster once they've signed them. No
0: doubt. And that comes with playing time. You're not going to keep everybody. But remember, signing classes, you're not going to hit on everybody, but you need to hit enough. But ideally, you hit enough on your signing class, and then the transfer port is where you fill out the, the weak spots, That's ideal. UCF's got to build this roster up. And this has to live up to the hype if they want to be a contender of the Big 12.
1: That's true. And you bring up a good point, the transfer portal. And, you know, one of the questions we've all been asking is, why hasn't UCF been able to find a quarterback or sign a quarterback from the transfer portal yet? Right there. There were questions about uh, McCall potentially coming in and signing with the Knights last week. There was lots of rumors. He ended up going to uh, NC State um and UCF is still on the hunt for a potential quarterback to 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 find in the portal rumors are starting to pop up perhaps KJ Jefferson out of Arkansas is a potential name that could wind up at UCF next year but uh has Gus not been able to close on getting a transfer transfer quarterback to come in what are your thoughts first of all I love the fact you're bringing in rumors in your window to this show I like it hey you Uh know what
0: speculation baby I love that but here's the reckless, thing I'm gonna say. reckless
1: speculation
0: <laughs> reckless well that's what we do here at Sun. UCF I've learned uh look I'm gonna say this I think it's unfair to say Gus can't close I just don't think he has enough you're going up against other schools that just have more income and unfortunately I feel like at times UCF's being used maybe as leverage And the quarterback position in particular in the transfer portal is expensive because there's you know tons of quarterbacks in the market look at Oregon with Phil Knight, they just got Dylan Gabriel and a freshman kid from UCLA coming over. But they can bring out money. There's been rumors that Ohio State is trying to offer Marvin Harrison first-round NFL money to stay at Ohio State instead of Crazy. going to the NFL draft. And you know this, bro. You see, can't compete with that. You had Gus Malzahn was on the in his press conference a couple of weeks ago talking about the kingdom and there's been so much chat about that. Is it or you know Trace asked him or where are you at where you need to be from that standpoint? He's like it's a work in progress. I just don't think he has the funds. I've made this comparison, Brian. I'll use a baseball analogy. I feel like UCF's kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays. You're gonna have to outsmart people. You can't. You're not gonna outspend the Yankees and the Dodgers. And I feel like UCF's in that boat right now.
1: It's Moneyball, right? Trace has mentioned it several times in the past. It's Moneyball. UCF has to be efficient with their dollars that they have uh, coming in for NIL spending, and I think they're they're still trying to find that balance between you know what do we pay a quarterback, what do we pay an offensive lineman, you know what do we you know what do we need as far as players that are coming through the transfer portal. So it's a learning process. And I think they're still trying to figure that out, right? So it's, I'm curious to see if Gus is able to secure a quarterback, if he's able to bring one in, or do we wind up sticking with Timmy as our QB1, right? He's had a lot of practice in this past year, uh, getting a lot of QB1 reps while JRP was hurt. Does does he fill in for QB1 in the coming year, or, or do we see Gus go ahead and, and secure a portal? Uh, Mike made the comment this week that coffee is for closers, and I don't think that they've been able to 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 close on a quarterback yet, right? Shuck got away; he was a potential name, and and then McCall, and we'll see what Gus is able to come up with. That's Mike Bowen, son's UCF podcast. Check it out right now on all your feeds. I will
0: say this: the portal closes January second. There's still a lot of time here; still a lot of time. I, I think we're kind of rushing to judgment to conclusions here. whether there's still time in January. We get guys that'll probably enroll in january and take a look so i would say that but you mentioned timmy mcclay brian w peterson he is after all perhaps the incumbent quarterback he did start last year they actually moved the ball with him or would you be okay brian w peterson if timmy mcclay ends up being the starter
1: in opening night of 2024 season I think that Timmy certainly has the talent and the tools to be our quarterback in 2024. Um, My concern would not necessarily be with Timmy being the starter. It would be the depth behind him, right? Uh, We haven't had a quarterback stay healthy in in a couple seasons now. So if that trend tends to play out, do we find a situation where Timmy is potentially injured and we're having to go to QB2? Who is our QB2 going to be in that case, right? Um, I would like to see some depth Find him if possible. Um, Timmy certainly is talented enough to win us plenty of games in 2024. He's got a great arm. He throws a great deep ball. uh, But uh, what's going to happen if he gets hurt? Questions to be answered. That is a valid point.
0: I think that's why, again, don't be surprised if they add a quarterback around January, maybe. and There's another one in the spring that could always add. But I'm okay with Timmy McLean. I think we mentioned this money ball theory. If you're UCF, are you not better off perhaps spending whatever resources you have on other positions of need, whether it is to keep guys like R.J. Harvey or maybe upgrade the offensive line or upgrade the defensive side of the ball and maintain McClain. And I get the sense, Brian, I don't know if you agree with me on this. It feels to me for Gus or UCF, they're looking for a quarterback for a bridge cap next year. And I think the goal, the long-term goal is 2025 when – You know, this recruiting class that's just going to be signed on Wednesday, it'll be a year older. You're going to add another strong class, you would think. Look at the news that kind of went under the radar recently with Colson reclassifying to be part of this class, the young phenom quarterback that's the most touted quarterback recruiting-wise, if you're into that, ever at UCF. Between him and Dylan Risk and Trio, one of those young quarterbacks should be your quarterback. That should be the goal. They should be your starting quarterback in 2025 when I think – is the year to circle as far as UCF perhaps realistically being a contender for the Big 12 if all these young talent comes to fruition. So I feel like this is a bridge gap year that they're trying to to kind of fill.
1: No, I don't disagree. I think that Guth has shown that, right? He went after McCall, who was on his final year of eligibility. KJ Jefferson is a name that's popped out there. He's a graduate as well, so you'd only get one year out of him. So I think the staff is definitely looking at finding somebody as a stopgap for 2024. Now, I'm on the record saying I don't think 2024 is going to be any better of a season for the Knights than 2023 was. I think we're going to have our struggles. Uh, finding a talented quarterback would certainly help us to kind of fill in some of that gap and maybe make sure that 2024 uh, isn't uh, isn't as rough a season as maybe I think it's going to be. Uh, but speaking of 2024, before we get to that, why don't we talk about 2023, which is the, uh, the Gasparilla Bowl, which we have coming up here, right? And that brings extra practices. That brings extra opportunities for guys to get reps. But does a win or loss really have an effect on that 2024 season? If we if we go out and we win this Gasparilla Bowl, it would be great. But if we have a loss, you know, does it, does it really have an impact on us?
0: No. And I think the first evidence of that, Brian, we've gone 10 minutes into this show before even bringing up the bowl game that would not have been the case years ago. Would you agree with that? But I think you would agree the bowl game is probably third most important thing this week behind, you know, the signing day and the transfer portal, however you want to rank it. I think a UCF fan would not care if they lost the bowl game if they felt good about, hey, we're going to get some talent coming in in the portal, etc. I don't think the win or a loss certainly you'd rather win the bowl game, you'll feel better, but I don't think it's going to change the, you know, the how you remember this coming season either way. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think that uh, the reps are great. The extra practices that come along with earning that bowl game is going to be a great thing for the team and and going forward. But I don't think that anybody is other than uh, bragging rights, you know, really has any Thing behind this bowl game, yes, it'll be great. It's the Georgia Leary Bowl, right? Maybe we'll get two teams wearing gold on the on the field. That would be, you know, my my dream. There you go. There's your goal (laughs)
0: reference. Eleven minutes in, folks. But
1: but otherwise, I don't know that that, you know, win or loss really is going to matter much in 2024. Obviously, you'd rather have a win than a loss, as UCF football would tell you in their notes. I'm sure we'll see that here in the coming coming days as they uh, they send out their their notes for the game. But other than other than Taking home another win and being seven and six on the season and having a winning record—I'm not sure that it really matters much. Uh, National Signing Day or early Signing Day is certainly much more important uh, in the grand scheme of things.
0: Well, we have history to prove that. Remember, UCF lost to Arkansas State in the Cure Bowl. Oh my God, what does that mean? The following year, they went undefeated. Right? How could <laughs> like, I forget? Anybody remember last year's bowl game? Because I don't. They lost to Duke. Who cares? Like it nope. does. It's bowl games don't matter. And I'm going to tell you this too, Brian. With the playoff now expanding to 12 next year, I really wonder if people will even care about bowl games in general, what the future holds for that, because I wonder if it's playoff or bust now, if that's the mentality moving forward. With the expanded playoff and almost the bowl games, I've always compared these type of bowl games to the NIT in basketball, which some like, some don't. So I wonder if that's the, the future of bowl games as far as
1: how people feel about it. I think it's been that way for a while, right? I, I'm a college football lover. I love to watch college football. I'll put it on at all times. But some people don't really care for the bowl season, right? They say that there's way too many bowls. We shouldn't have this many bowls. And, and they're meaningless. And I don't think you're wrong. I think that CFP is really where all the eyeballs go in the long run. No one's going to be watching the Gasparilla Bowl unless you're a UCF or a Georgia Tech fan. Uh, so I don't think it really matters in the long but I think we're at that time in our show where we send it back to Adam for a little bit of uh, silly game action, Adam.
2: Yeah, one might say it's that time again, Brian. Before we get there, I'm really glad you're on the show this week because you are a kind of guy, Brian, I know you like a good party, I know you enjoy a good time with your friends and your family. And if you're thinking about having a party this holiday, Brian, you might want to check out the Sultry Spirit because they can add a touch of magic to your next event. That's right. They will take your party to that next level. They're bartenders specialized in creative twists, Classic cocktails. Every sip will be unforgettable. They are a mobile bartending service for all your needs. Wedding, corporate event, Christmas party, tailgate, whatever. Their talented bartenders will shake up the perfect drinks, and keep the good times flowing. Follow them on Instagram at the Sultry Spirit or give them a call at 941-567-7062. If you tell them you heard about them on the Sons of UCF and around the kingdom, 10% off and a special gift. Again, at Sultry Spirit or 941 941- Five six seven seven zero six two. Take your party to the next level, my friends. All right, Brian, your first time with the silly game portion, and and I thought about you as I planned this game out. But this this is gonna go to oh, Eric yeah. first, and then go to you next, Brian. Obviously, big game on Friday, Gasparilla Bowl, last game of the year. Eric, I'll start with you. What uniform combo do you want to see UCF wear and the Gasparilla Bowl, Eric?
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, I knew you were coming with that, of course. And, Brian, um, I know what Brian's going to say. So I'm going to say this. You know Georgia Tech's going gold. I'm going to say you go in honor of George O'Leary, who is being honored at the game. Maybe a little black and gold? And just really throw people off and get everybody all on fire on social media. Just, just cause a storm.
1: Do we know, are we the home team in We are game? the home
2: team. We are the okay, official so, home team, yes. So theoretically, I mean, so we, get choice, we would yes. be wearing...
1: We could be wearing colored jerseys as opposed to a, uh, a an away game white jersey. Right. Yes. As much as much as I would love to see UCF breakout gold jerseys, I don't think that they have those waiting in the locker room for the players to uh, to throw on. So um, I'm gonna go gold helmet, black jersey, white pants. I think that would be a great combo. To break out against uh to, uh to break out against Georgia Tech I would say anthracite because we wore anthracite the last, well, I guess it wasn't the last time we played him when we played him on the road at Georgia Tech we had gold helmets anthracite anthracite 2020 just, yeah it was a perfect look I thought but uh Terry has said eh-eh on the anthracite so so much for that.
2: That 2020 Georgia Tech game, the best game of Josh Selescar's career. We'll get back to that later. All right, Brian. (laughs) The fun part about the silly game is you don't get advance notice of what I'm about to ask. So it's the holiday season. This is our last episode before the Christmas holiday. So, Brian, I'll start with you. Any UCF player or coach across any sport right now, if you could get them one Christmas gift, what are you getting and who's it for? You get one Christmas gift to any player, coach, administrator, anybody you want at UCF. What 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 does somebody need that Brian W. Peterson can buy them for Christmas?
1: I am gonna say that I'm gonna give a gift of NIL donation to Terry so he can keep his beloved song to uh to play during the uh the, what I don't know the name of the song. What's the name of the song? I Love You Baby hey, by my, Frankie
2: Valley. Yeah. There you go, the yes. Frankie
1: Valley song. Yeah, he's the only one that seems to love it.
2: So you're going to help Terry out by giving him some money to play that song.
1: If he brings back gold jerseys.
2: Okay, all right. Bribery! We got bribery! <laughs> with strings attached. I love it. I love it, Brian. I'm a politician. That's fair. <laughs> That's <is> fair.
0: <laughs> wow. By the way, it's kind of scary, Adam, that you remember that song in like two seconds. That, like, that was like... That in your sound it's your seared. It's
2: seared in my memory.
0: Very good. Uh, I'm going to go a little outside the box, but you're not going to be surprised with this answer. I am going to reward... Coach Ball Maloney, UCF softball, more seats in the plex. Spread it out. We got Oklahoma and Texas hosting. We don't need people sitting in, like, literally on the floor. Let's get more seats, get more people comfortable, get a big atmosphere down and make some revenue money there in softball. Let's make some money out. That's down. part of the
1: ambiance, Eric. What are you talking about?
0: Sitting on the floor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loves that. All right. Last one for both of you. We're going to play a quick game of bowl or no bowl. I played this with Mike on the sense of use podcast. I'm going to go one at a time. I'll start with you, Eric. And then I'll go to you, Brian. You get three each. I'm going to tell you the name of a bowl game. You tell me if this is a real bowl game being played this year, or if I'm making this up. All right. So this is our game, Eric, I'll start with you. Here's the first one for you. Are you prepared for this? Are you ready? I, I can't wait
0: no i'm not but we got no choice we got to go
2: it is the quicken loans bowl eric quicken loans bowl is that a real bowl or a fake bowl i think that's a bowl you are incorrect my friend there is oh. no quicken loans bowl this I year have said I, yep apologize. Too. I apologize brian david peterson ready the srs distribution Las vegas bowl is that real or is that fake
1: there's no way you would have made that up so i'm gonna say
2: yes Brian W. Peterson is on the board, one nothing. Brian W. Peterson, way to go, Brian Peterson. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with this one, uh, Elo. The Roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl.
0: Oh boy, it used to be, but I'm going to say no, no bowl.
2: That's incorrect. It's still it's terrible. the Roofclaim roof hanging in there, <laughs> still hanging in there. Yeah, the cows yeah. are playing in that game, aren't they? In an uh, in an upset. All right, Brian, here we go. The point set a bowl.
1: Poinsettia Bowl, that's an absolutely, that's a bowl. Uh,
2: not anymore, it's not, my friend. <laughs> not, a, not a bowl game this year. It was Ooh. indeed a bowl game in years past, but uh, not anymore. All right, Elo, last one for you. The John Deere Pinstripe Bowl. John Deere Pinstripe Bowl.
0: I am going to say no, because that, that makes, in Yankee Stadium, you're a John Deere?
2: You're saying no, that's not a real bowl?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna
2: say no. That is correct. It's the bad boy mowers <laughs> pin pinstri- <laughs> I'm not sure if that's better. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's better or uh, or not. Uh, all right, here we go. Brian David Peterson, last one. The tax slayer gator bowl. You're an accountant. This should be easy money for you. The tax slayer gator Where's bowl the
0: layup. Come on for you.
2: Yes. That is correct. Brian Debbie Peterson with two, Eric Lopez with one. Brian Debbie Peterson knows bowls better than Elo. I'm not sure what to do with that, Brian. But congratulations. Adios. <laughs> guys- wow.
0: X Layers. All right. Well, the question is Does this last silly game segment prove there's too many bowl games, Brian? Well, one person that maybe has a solution to that is George O'Leary, who was on the exclusive interview with Sons of UCF talking about what he would do to bowl season and the bowl games. He thinks you should have eight wins minimum to be eligible for a bowl game. What do you think of George O'Leary talking about how you need eight wins to play in a bowl game? And is there too
1: many bowl? You know, I listened to that interview. Great interview. Adam and Mike have this way of bringing out George O'Leary and like lightening him up and getting him to answer these questions. I didn't think he'd ever answer. Uh, and while I agree with George, I think that that maybe they could adjust how teams are you know becoming bowl eligible. Maybe six and six is a little uh, flexible, a little too flexible for some of these bowls, and maybe more wins should be required. I don't know that necessarily eight wins is where I would land. Um, I maybe let's compromise. Let's say it's six at least six wins now. George says eight. Maybe bump it up to seven wins, right? He alluded to the fact that uh, teams used to play less games, therefore six wins was harder to achieve um, many years ago. and and you know it's gotten to the point where we're letting five and seven teams into some of these bowl games when there's not enough teams to fill the uh, to fill the schedule. So maybe we we bump it up to seven and we say, look, seven, Seven wins minimum to make it to a bowl, make the games a little more competitive, a little more enticing perhaps for those that that don't really care about bowl season other than the, uh, than the playoff. I'd be okay with that. I think seven's a good number. I could
0: settle on seven and five. I like his idea. I like what he had to say. And I think there's some validity because keep in mind, Six and six, but a lot of teams are going to play FCS teams and things like that. I like seven or eight. That would create some more urgency on bowl games. That's what we grew up on, Brian, was these bowl games matter. You felt like you were getting quality matchups. Now it seems like everybody's ducking everybody, and it's six and six against five and seven teams. And, yeah, I think that could bring some interest back into bowl games. If that's the goal is to save the bowl games, they're going to have to do something like that, but they're never going to eliminate bowl games as much as we would like, right?
1: Well, they eliminated the Poinsettia Bowl, or I guess it's no longer the Poinsettia Bowl, or it's got whatever. a new sponsor, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I would be okay. I think seven would be a fair number, but I think you're right, know, They're they're never going to get rid of some of these bowl games, right? They're going to be around forever. And
0: how many bowl, bowl games? We-
1: well, that's the other question. Maybe how many bowl games would you be a
0: cap off if you had if you were in charge? How many bowl games would you cap it? I think twenty five bowl games would be just about right. Like that's fifty teams. You're a top fifty team probably have
1: to have a good record seven.
0: I I think that's a good number. It's kind of like what it was in the late eighties, nineties.
1: That's fair. I mean, I like, I'm a college football guy though. Right. So give me all the college football I can take. So I'm okay with, with the number of bowl games that they have. I realize I'm the minority on that, but you know, 25 games would be, would be more than sufficient, I think. And, and keeping along with this theme of bowl games, ELO, you know, who are going back to the gasparilla bowl who are some of the players that you're looking to for uh, looking forward to seeing play in the gasparilla bowl is there anybody you think perhaps needs to step up are we going to have any players opt out of the bowl game that maybe need to have some of the younger guys fill into who who do you have your eye on well, as of, knock on wood, as of now, most of the guys
0: on both teams are going to play, which is a rarity in these bowl games. I mean, look at the Orange Bowl, Brian. There's nobody playing on either side between Florida State and Georgia. I heard, I think I heard where Florida State might be down 20, 25 scholarship players when it's all said wow. and done. Whereas UCF Georgia Tech doesn't have that issue. Georgia Tech's without their best pass rusher. UCF's without, obviously, Thornton. I want to see RJ Harvey. I know it sounds redundant. I'm curious how he finishes off this bowl game. Is this his last game? Is he staying? I'm kind of curious to see how he plays. But I'm with you. I'd like to see some young guys that maybe we haven't seen as much get more playing time. Because, again, I think it's an exhibition. Let these guys play. They're going to be a big part of next year.
1: You know, what's funny, you mentioned RJ Harvey, who we're not sure yet what he's going to be doing for the 2024 season, you know, and, and if he's going to declare for the draft, is he going to opt out of the bowl? He has not said that that is the case. So all indications are he's going to play. He posted on social media today a picture of the uh, the Knights bus that looked like it had a little bit of a tire issue. It looks like they had a blown tire on their way to Tampa. But there was a picture by RJ Harvey of the blown out tire for the bus, which tells me He's at least traveling to the game. So I'm expecting to see RJ Harvey play in this at this point in the in, in, you know, until UCF tells us otherwise, that'd be great for the team. Get RJ Harvey out on the field. Uh let's win this game and let's see what happens in 2024. Did you just break some news here? Are we pairing the lead? We had a tire blown and the bus ride? What are we doing? That's not a good omen. What are we doing? Breaking news. Yeah, that's not a good omen, but but it is a good omen that RJ Harvey <gasps> Playing in the game. So I'll take it. There's that adversity that Gus was talking about, right? That's Team right. dealing with a with a blown tire on the bus. It's all right. Set the at, yeah, overcome a tire. Good lord. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, let's turn it. Believe it or not, there is other
0: sports going on at UCF. Men's basketball. Right. you ever heard of men's basketball? Yeah, they're playing 10 games into the season. They're coming off a 74-51 win against Maine on Monday night. They'll be back home on Thursday night against Florida A&M, former night assistant Craig Brown, by the way, on the FAMU staff. Tip off 7 o'clock. Check your radio stations as well. You can dial in and listen to this, a certain voice on this show. And the game's on ESPN+. But give me your, Brian, my question is, what's your thoughts on UCF basketball
1: 10 games in now? I think that they've played up to expectations so far, right? We've seen that uh, they, they've uh, they've got the talent necessary to win um, out of conference so far. They've played pretty well. Of course, the the big question will be once they get into the Big Twelve conference games, how are those going to shake out? Um, one of the questions that was thrown at at uh, some of us by Adam was. Are they going to get more wins, men's basketball? Are they going to get more wins in conference than UCF football did? Um, you know, that that's two, remains to be seen, but I've not been disappointed with what I've seen. Obviously, they're fighting the injury bug right now. Uh, they lost that close one to Ole Miss, played well enough to win the game, came up just a little bit short. They bounced back against Maine, of course. Uh, but I'm really curious to see how they go. Uh, into conference play and and see how that shakes out.
0: You see this, Brian? This is a long sheet of notes I have in preparation for Thursday. Here's what I will tell you. This team is in the top 40 in field goal percentage defense, 39% against. Turnovers forced. Nearly 16 turnovers forced a game. They're also top 45 in offensive rebounds. I think they're long, lengthy. They also play in a strength of numbers, Johnny Dawkins had said. That is encouraging. I think their goal is that they believe their 1 through 15 will beat probably the 6 or 7, top 6, 7 players on a given Big 12 team. That's the goal there. My concern is the shooting. They're hundred in the 200s in field goal percentage shooting, field throw, free throw percentage shooting, and three-point shooting. That's got to get better. One encouraging sign is they might be getting C.J. Walker soon. Uh, he social media teased the, perhaps a return soon. That would help. But they're physical. They're going to have to win with defense and with depth and getting production off the bench.
1: Yeah, their three-point shooting is definitely what hurt them in that Ole Miss loss. I don't think anybody can argue that. If they were able to get that percentage of three-pointers up a little bit higher, they probably could have won that game. But speaking of men's hoops, why don't we talk about women's hoops who actually just had their first loss of the season against Florida Atlantic. Now, we're not talking about the Florida Atlantic men's basketball team, which is in the top 15 uh in in the in the country we're talking about the women's program uh who i believe were five and five coming into the ucf FAU, yeah he
0: was five yeah and five. yeah
1: yeah not uh not a great look for the women's basketball team to drop one uh you know do what are your thoughts Elo? do they have any chance of you know running up the score in the big 12 how do you see this this team shaking out as the season progresses no, I think they got they got
0: even more uh, concern. You know, because the Big Twelve in women's basketball is just as deep and strong as the men's. They're not as high profile. You don't have a Kansas type, but Texas is probably the favorites in the league. Here's the thing with women's basketball: we don't know what how good this team is. We think they're improved from last year, but they played one a, not a strong schedule. You realize they have only played two games so far in their schedule against teams that are a hundred or better in the net rankings. They have played zero games against the top 50 net. That is going to change drastically when we get to conference play. So I'm not sure. FAU is 210 in the net. Not a great loss. Again, I know what Coach Messer is trying to do. She's trying to build confidence, you know, build something here and get some confidence with some wins. But this team hasn't been tested, and we won't know much until we get them to see how they measure up in conference. It reminds me a little bit of volleyball, Brian, when they hit that gauntlet in volleyball against the top 25 teams and are like, how they fare would determine how the postseason would go. They struggle. I think they lost 10 of their last 11. My concern is we might see something similar with women's suits.
1: Elo, I think you pointed out to Trace last week on Around the Kingdom that the uh, UCF women's basketball strength of schedule is near the bottom of the yes. bucket, right? I think you said that there's only four or five teams that have yes. a worse, worse, strength of, or worse strength of schedule than, uh, than the women's basketball team. Um, I'm really curious to see if they can play up you know, and and take advantage of that schedule being a little bit lighter and easier, perhaps. But I think you're right. I think the Big Twelve schedule is gonna be a gauntlet for them to have to run through. And hopefully Coach Messer has that team ready to go when it uh when it comes time for conference play to roll around.
0: She knows that league well from her time as an assistant
1: at Baylor.
0: All right. It's time to see how we messed up if at all. I doubt it. We'll find out. Adamine can confirm. How yeah. are
2: you? Clean show overall. A couple of things just to add some context. Recruiting class, deal. you mentioned it. Right now, 33rd in the nation according to 24-7 Sports, 28th in the composite. The top overall recruit right now, Frankie Garth, running back, four-star player, rated 91 overall. You were talking about uh, Oregon. They also signed Dante Moore as well as uh, Dylan Gabriel at the quarterback room. Uh, our quarterbacks, interestingly enough, right now, 24-7, which I, I don't know if they've updated it since, but Riley Trujillo listed as an 87 overall. EJ Colson listed as an 86. So as of right now, there may need to be an update there, but EJ Colson behind Riley Trujillo. Tim McClain for context, 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions in his limited time as UCF's quarterback. Uh, there are currently 42 bowl games, by the way. So you guys are chopping off uh, almost 20 bowl games uh, from the schedule. Currently, 42 bowl games, and as it stands right now tonight, ELO, 15 Florida State players are not playing in the uh, in the Orange Bowl. That's,
0: That's a lot. Crazy. That's a lot. Thanks, Adam. One last thing, Alec Holler, one more year. Alec Holler spoke to the press. On Monday and joked, uh, teased a little bit about perhaps having another year of eligibility, a medical year, seventh year. At first, it thought it was a joke, but now there's talk that's not a joke. Why is this so complicated? Why is there a mystery? We don't know if Alec Holler he probably isn't going to come back, but this could be his last game. That's how he's treated it. Brian, would you welcome Alec
1: Holler back for a year? the option was there. Of course, bring him back. He helped us secure that uh that last war on I-4 against South Florida against the Cows, right? With that amazing catch on the sideline. Uh you can't uh, you can't buy experience, Elo, right? So if we're gonna have the ability to bring somebody back like Alec Holler, who's got that experience and can you know be a leader for the team, I would welcome him back with open arms. I think you're right though. I I I don't see him coming back for a seventh year. Stranger things have happened, but uh I wouldn't be surprised to see him back, but I also don't expect him to come
0: back. I don't expect it. It's fitting he his career would end on the same stadium where he made the catch against the US That's South. A Great point. Talk about at Raymond James. What a way to end it. What a way to end this show. Thank you, Brian W. Peterson, for filling in for Trey, who's on vacation with family time. Uh, thanks to Adam Eaton. Make sure you check out all your Sons of UCF content. The podcast is out. Check out the George O'Leary exclusive interview that Mike and Adam had. And uh, for much more of their coverage as they get ready for Gasparilla Bowl, check out Brian's r- our rating as articles as well throughout on Sons of UCF. All of us enjoy the bowl game. This has been Around the Kingdom. Eric Lopez saying goodnight and charge
1: on.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.